welcome to Ask Questions. These are not experts. These are not journalists. They are just improvisers. Please do not take them or their advice seriously. Godspeed. Hi, you're listening to Ask Questions, an interview podcast. I'm Tyler. And I'm Sarah. And today on the show, we had Kirk Togglesmith. Kirk was a cryptographer, and he was very elucidating um, in his methods of discovering the secrets to puzzles and crypts. I would say he was very elusive on anything concrete, and I've never seen Sarah that shade of red before. Well, enjoy. Kirk, thanks for coming on the show. I know that your your workload is got to be something crazy. Yeah, thank you for having me. I uh, know I'm very excited to be here. There's a lot of a uh, lot of things I'd like to uh, to get out to the world. You know, a lot of people don't know about you know what I do day to day in the. Uh, uh, and like for life for people to understand, there's a whole sort of sub sub genre subculture of, of life going on below, below the surface. Thanks so much for having me, though. Right off the bat, in layman's terms, how would you explain what you do? So if I'm on a form, if I'm if I'm writing onto a form on a box, it's a I'm a cryptographer, right? What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. Nobody cares. What I really do day to day is I look at things and people don't understand, and I say, I know what that is. That's all it is, though, in it. What I do is I get in there, I look at a series of numbers, letters, symbols, uh, different kinds of uh, codes, you know, cracking codes, uh, algorithms, things like that. These are all words that I experience and I use daily. Have you always been so analytical growing up? I think so. Uh, I think when I when I was uh, five years old, I... I uh, well, completed uh, my my first uh, my first sequencing of a of a genome, and uh, well, from there it was sort of a s- sort of a, a rolling uh, ramp up from there. Like you know, this this kid's uh, you know sequencing genes right now. It's five years old. What's he gonna do when he's older? Kurt, you're telling me you sequenced a genome at five years old? Yeah, it was nothing nothing too serious. It was a sea sponge. Uh, one well, a subspecies of sea sponge. <laughs> but of course, but yeah, no, there's something something of that sort. Yes. I'd say that's a very big deal. Genetics is hard. Well, as I said, it's it's all about taking things that other people don't know and just saying, I know that. I know what that is. And then and then just saying it. And then, so it, one, you know. One day you just said you knew how to sequence a genome? Yeah, it's, uh, uh, there's actually, mm, it's, uh, I don't like this. I don't like the book because it, uh, it, uh, it, it's sort of reductive. It's it's reductive of what I'm doing here, but uh, the, the book, the secret, kind of like just doing something until it wills into existence. It's sort of it's sort of a lot of what I do. I look at the numbers, you know, the numbers are lined up on the page, and then I, I look at them. They're 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 you know maybe one's above another one, maybe one's next to another one, and I say I know what that is, and then it's that. Kurt, I just want to say I think it's so refreshing to have someone on the show who um. You know, both knows what they do and knows what they want, you know, and I, I I think it's really great to have someone on here who's so analytical and pattern based. I well, like that. Sarah, I, I don't know. He he just said he does the secrets of analytics. He didn't actually read a book to figure out how to sequence a genome. No offense, <laughs> Kirk. You know, well, Tyler, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I understand what you're what you're insinuating here. Well, I, I'm insinuating that you 
I'm I'm not an academic person, but I, I don't know that maybe you um how do you know you were right when you sequenced the, the genome? Did anyone tell you you're right? Did you submit it to peer review? Normally Sarah is the science smart person. So I'm I'm out of my element here. Tyler, do you know what peer review means? Do you think a five-year-old do you want a five-year-old's peers to review it? Like Actually, do you want to take it to a kindergarten class and ask them how the sea sponge was sequenced? If 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 a five-year-old walked up to me and said, I just sequenced a sponge. I would probably, I don't know, tell them to go play outside. So I don't even know what I would have them review. Well, now it sounds to me like you're kind of just being disparaging of of, uh, more academic types, maybe who weren't so sport-like. Maybe you yourself are maybe uh, just projecting a little bit, being more of a sports type. Uh, No, sports take effort. Sports are a lot of work. I don't do that either. Kurt, I'm sorry. We'll get back to you. So- like I said, it's just it's so great to have you on the show. Of course, of course. And it's just it's just such it's just such a change of pace. Um so I just I just want to know like wh- what are you like, Kurt? Well, I like um counting things. Um one of my hobbies is just mm-hmm. going outside just kind of counting how many of, of of the thing there are, you know, grass. I love counting. Thank- exactly. The um with the fellow what's his name on the on the Sesame Street, he has it right. He he knows what he's doing. Uh, but then there's also the, uh, another the hobby count. of mine. The Count. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Good friend. Yeah, he's, of, yeah. he's named after what he does. The, the Count. He counts. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm just now getting that. That's interesting. Didn't, and didn't Cookie catch Monster that. eats cookies. I did, I did get that one there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing that I find really fascinating is just guessing how tall things are. Just kind of looking at it and being like, that's... It's about 16 centimeters. Take out a oh roll, take out a measuring tape roll, just kind of, you know, check it. And sometimes mm-hmm. it is, sometimes it's not. It is what it is, though. Sometimes things are tall, sometimes they're small. That's all it is, isn't it? I once went to a carnival, and there was a guy there that was really good at guessing not only how tall you are, but how much you weigh. I just wanted to say that. All right. Was that a, was that a, a Renaissance fair? No, no. It was a county fair. Carnival. There was funnel cake. Kurt, can you say that word again? What kind of fair? I couldn't hear you. A, a Renaissance fair. Oh. Uh, yeah, it, it, I'm just not uh, terribly familiar with the, the carnival I've, I've of course heard of such a thing but the the thing is that the when you get to the carnival there's um you know i, I think i could find some some pieces of entertainment there that might be fascinating uh, just because there's so many mm-hmm. moving parts right that's the right. thing that's the thing about cryptography is that there's there's a lot of moving parts the systems overlaid on systems and you you look at uh just a, a list of numbers or maybe some, some shapes next to each other. Maybe there's an X mm-hmm. next to a triangle. Who knows? I don't care. Nobody cares. The thing is that e- each of these things means something. And since it's a code, no one really knows what it means. And so if you look at that code long enough, I mean, you, you know what it is. You say it and then it, it is that. So, Kurt, tell me, you you can solve cryptographies just by looking at the system and seeing how they overlay. Like there's not more intensive calculation. Are, are you familiar with um with hacking at all? Uh, the, the computers. Um, a little bit, yes. There, there's a thing called a brute force algorithm, which is uh, to say that, uh, for example, there is a uh, password that needs to be cracked. Mm-hmm. We know that it's eight characters long. 
And that mm-hmm. means that the computer will then run a series of tests of every iteration of possible passwords uh, right. in, in those eight characters until it gets the right one. It's just right. uh, it's very simple. So the thing is, when I, when I was uh, younger, uh, uh, high school about, I, I just taught my brain to do the same thing. And so you look at a code, you see, all right, I'm going to run through every possible instance of what this could mean until it's the right one. And then you do it. I have a question, Kirk. If yes, there is there's a, a especially difficult code mm-hmm. and you are the first and only person to crack that code, who fact checks it? Like who checks your work? Who is the mm. person that comes behind and says, oh, this guy's got it. He's the one. Honestly, thing, history will fact check me. If I'm wrong, they'll tell me I'm wrong. hundred years oh from now, God. I won't be there. I won't care. You're right, Kurt. That's all, that's all it is, though. It's all, it's all about just cracking and, and laying it out there and saying this is what mm-hmm. it is. And that's all it is. Sarah, are you feeling okay? Your cheeks are really red. They're very flush. I'm worried that you might be feverish. Uh, um, no, I took my temperature this morning. I'm... It's kind of hot in here. Yeah, you look very flustered on my end of the Zoom call. Mm-hmm. If you, yeah, the, the, I think you look absolutely stunning. So, <laughs> listen, there there are so many codes out there. This is the the one of the main reasons I, I wanted to come on the on the show here and, and speak to you all is because there I think the general public doesn't quite understand just how many how many codes there are overlaid into our natural world, how many codes there are in in everyday life that you come upon and you don't know what they mean and you pass them by and they they mean nothing to you. But what I want to do is to just let everyone know to, to look out. If you look outside and you see that there are seven, eight, nine trees, maybe 12 outside, that doesn't, it doesn't just mean that there are 12 trees outside. There is a, there is a meaning in there. there. Every pattern happens for a reason. And, and especially in, in the natural world, of course, there's, and humans always are working in patterns. It's impossible for us to be random. There's something behind the absurdity of it all. So if we, if I was to roll a dice right now, mm-hmm. 12 times, there would be nothing random about my result? Those results are all already on the dice. They've well, already yeah, happened. Well, yeah, because they're carved on the dice. It's, the numbers are already there. That doesn't mean it's not random. What you're saying to me is that when you look at the number that comes out on the dice, you're saying, this is random. What it really is, is a, it's a small selection of numbers from 1 to 12. And I can tell you, before, during, and after that dice roll, that the number that comes out on that dice is going to be somewhere between 1 and 12. 1 and... Uh, what? 1 and 12? I th- I, I, Tyler, I'm sorry. I think, I think our, under, our listeners have like a basic understanding of how statistics work. Kurt, what I'd really love to ask you is, like, what's the... Have you ever found a code in something that you could apply to your life? That's a great question. There is, uh, so are you familiar with um, the uh, the Fibonacci sequence? Of course. Hey, Sarah, so, can you tell the, our listeners at home what that is, so that they're all they they may not be familiar at home. Of course. Um, so the Fibonacci sequence is a pattern that's found in the natural world, and it um, correlates with the shapes of a lot of things that are in nature. That's correct. Uh, so. 
the, the Fibonacci sequence actually uh, is condensed into the singular character phi. It's a, it's a Greek mm-hmm. variable, and it it's it's just sort of the the condensation of that that ratio. The golden ratio is what they call it. If you look outside at a lot of different things, there's um, particularly in conch shells is an easy example. Mm-hmm. Uh, the radius of the conch shell is always directly proportional to the to the length of the uh, of the perimeter of the circle. And it's always that same ratio. It's always phi. There's no, there are no exceptions. But and what does that mean for you, Kurt? Well, it means that for, for me and for, I suppose, for all of humanity, mm-hmm. what the real thing is, is that we're just one part of a ratio, aren't we? Right. If you think about it in terms of a function, there Kurt, is... Kurt, if your life was a ratio, you know, like a, mm-hmm. like a fraction... Um, you know, like if you if there was a partner there, mm-hmm. what what would you say is it currently fulfilled? Sarah, um, that seems like a really personal question. Uh, I suppose uh, I'm here to answer personal questions. Of course, it's an interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I suppose I'd say if I had to put a number on it, I'd say maybe one half, one half. Right, about okay. right. Yes, so it's like you're missing you're missing your other half. Uh, in in uh, layman's terms, yeah, I suppose that could be that could be true. Um, S- Sarah, are you are you macking on our guest right now? Mac- macking is that like a like ma- like McDonald's? No, I'm sorry. It's a layman term that us non the secret sequencing people use for when one person's hitting on another person. <laughs> Sarah, are you hitting on our guest right now? No. Oh. Tyler, just because you can't understand that two adults can have a private conversation that has nothing to do with romance doesn't mean that our other guests can't enjoy some, you know, erudite stimulation. And I always say, I mean, where, where's a better place for a, for a private conversation than on a, on a, a publicly broadcasted All radio show? All I know show? is that everything you guys just said sounded like romantic speak for nerds. All of it. Well, well, here we go. This is the this is the jocks all over again from high school. Kurt, let's um, let's let's change the subject from this. I w- I would like to know. So you said that you believe the secret. You know that you believe that everything has that you can um, you know, kind of project something and see it in the universe. Is that something you've ever been able to do? Uh, it's not something I've been able to achieve, but it's something that I hope to one day, uh, to mm-hmm. understand the, the human subconscious as a single entity. And mm-hmm. because, I mean, realistically, we're all just numbers. And mm-hmm. if you break it down like that, I'm one, you're two, uh, you're, you're 62 over there. There's, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it as we see it right now, but there is a pattern in there. You know what? I can't believe that I am put in the position to do this because normally, and I'll be honest, Sarah is the smart one, right? Sarah, uh, I- I'll be completely honest. Sarah, you you read way more books than I do. You do. That's I'm, true. I read one, you know, um, last year. It was really good, but it was fiction. And normally, I'll, I'll put it out there. Sarah is the one to call BS. And I think... It seems that maybe you have lit a fire in Sarah and she can't see through the smoke. So I'm going to go ahead and just and say it. You sound like the Tony Robbins of math words. 
It sounds like you may not have read my book. I told you, I only read one book, and that was last year, and it wasn't yours. Uh, so, if anyone's interested, I, I suppose I should plug my book while I'm here on the, on the, on the air. Sure, the, why not? Oh, the, yeah, go ahead. The title, t- title of the book is Numbers Are Real, or Are They? <laughs> no, they're real. And Numbers are real. Well, what are they, then? They're quantities. They're things that you look at, you've got ducks in a row, and maybe you got three ducks. Those ducks are real. <laughs> It's, Tyler, it's, it's, what you don't realize is that numbers are just a symbolic representation. You know, it's it's all made yes. up. These are all artificial quantities. These are things assigned to things that really exist, that we've co- we've constructed them in our minds so that humans can process these patterns that are all around us all the time. Mm-hmm. So, so f- Kurt, for example, right now, um, in, outside of my window, mm-hmm. I can see three squirrels. So what do those three squirrels mean? There's three of them out there. It's more than there's Mm -hmm. two, and it's less than four, and that's all we can say for certain. The thing is that you should take away from those three squirrels is that they are part of a bigger picture. They do not tell the whole story on their own. Yeah, it's called an ecosystem. Sarah, do you not just realize he just told you that there's three squirrels, but with more words? Tyler, you don't get it. I don't have time to explain everything to you. It's all in my book, actually, if you want to pick that up. Uh, I believe it's uh, been delisted. De- um, uh, what was rather, the world wasn't ready for it, um, but you can find it on uh, on Amazon, self published. I um, read the audiobook. Oh, you did. Yeah, I, I, I'm not normally into audiobooks, but um. yeah, I was. I'm glad that 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 project turned out well. I'm I'm surprised I was able to to contract Benedict Cumberbatch to do the audiobook narration. How did you get Benedict uh, Cumberbatch to do the audio? You know that uh. The uh, the movie the uh, the 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 film what was it called the the Imitation Game. Benedict is in that movie as a star, and he he spends the entire film just cracking codes. No, I and saw him in Doctor Strange, and that was a really cool movie. It was a superhero. That's one of the Marvels. Yeah, he cast spells. Kurt, I'm going to be honest. I thought that you were reading your audiobook. Yeah, I guess you just it's just it's strange. We sound exactly the same. Yeah. What? I, I mean, it's absolutely. Uh, I've I've received that. I I call my parents sometimes, and they say, "Is this Benedict Cumberbatch, the uh, the Sherlock man?" And I say, "No, no, it's it's it's." Are you sure that Benedict Cumberbatch read the audio, or did you just read the audio like Benedict Cumberbatch? Well, it's it's just what it says on the label, doesn't it? On the book. Kurt, I'm going to be honest. I think I'd rather have read it by you. Oh, that's very ben sweet. Benedict Cumberbatch. Ben Benedict Cabbage Patch. Yes. Uh, yes, but uh, no. The um, look, I'm I'm working on my next project right now. Um, I understand that the numbers, you know, the the people weren't ready to understand that numbers aren't real and also are. But um, I, I'm hoping that perhaps my next work um will will be able to secure me maybe tenure if it if it does well enough. Um. Uh, oh, right now I, I currently am I'm teaching a cryptography class, and uh, well, it's it's more about the um, it's it's about shaping the minds, you know. Hey, Kirk, where are you teaching your classes? City University. What university? Um, it's uh, the um, you you probably haven't heard of it, so it's oh, not. Well, there's a lot of universities mm-hmm. in the world that I, I haven't heard of, but I'm sure they would love to – lots of people listen to our podcast. I'm sure they would love for you to talk about them. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of uh, – lo- uh, 
we'll just say that it's a uh, the name of a, a kind of a bird. Um, and uh, well, it's Wait, it's. Can... What is it? What university is it? It's a bird's name. Is it is it a mythical bird? Phoenix. You could say that. <gasps> Phoenix University. Yes, okay. Phoenix University in Wisconsin. Great. Yeah, it's a small. I place. bet you reach a lot of students. Yes, they're well. Frankly, they're just on to. There aren't a lot of a. Uh, it's it's an elective right now. I haven't been able to mm-hmm. get it secured as sort of a main course for any for any particular major. But um, I'm still working on that. I, I I'm I'm trying to appeal right now to the. Uh, to the dean and try to get this to be uh, recognized as you know in 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 his own words like a real subject um but it's it's all it's all about the fact that people aren't ready to understand it yet is all it is you know isn't that how beginnings always are it is everything is misunderstood mm-hmm. until it's understood and then everyone understands it and that's how cryptography works yeah you know what i just fact checked it i i thought maybe you were yeah how many blowing smoke but i i looked on the website it's right there numbers what are they and you taught by Kirk Togglesmith. Yeah, and you and you can see on uh, on ratemyprofessor.com I've uh, two chili peppers out of five, which is more than one. So that's not too bad. It's not as good as it could be. Say no. no. It's not. Um, it's, but it isn't as bad as it could be. Also, it's not as spicy as it could be. No, no. only two chili peppers. That's okay, we'll, we'll bump those numbers up. Uh, but yes, I I, I just really wanted to. Um, I, I guess what I'm, I'm really trying to do is just get uh, uh, your listeners to understand that there's more out there. And I, I'm not necessarily trying to sell my, my book or anything or my class. But what I really want them to do is to just change their, their lifestyles a little bit. To just mm-hmm. take a look at the outside world. Things that mm-hmm. are passing you. Cars. Mm-hmm. I'm passing cars. Uh, how many are there? Why, why are there that many? What colors are they? What pattern are the colors coming at you in? And why? I don't know. What what should I do with this information once I have it? Well, that's the next question, isn't it? You've already mm-hmm. skipped to the to the end of the book, so uh, congratulations on that. But uh, no, there's this. The thing is, we don't have the answers yet, so we don't know what to do with them. Oh, um, right. You know that makes that makes sense. I never thought about it that way. Right, and that that's all we're trying to do today is to just kind of get everyone to take a second look at everything around them mm-hmm. and and think. I haven't thought of it that way before. That's all it is, you know. No, right. no, I'm not trying to sell anything to anyone here. It's just open your minds and just understand that there's things you don't understand, but also that you will understand if you stare at them for long enough. Uh, Kurt, have you ever stayed in a hotel room um, where they had one of those little little safes in the closet? I'm sure you have. Oh uh, yes, of course, I've seen them. Um, so. I recently stayed in a hotel and it got stuck because I forgot the code that I put in. Mm. So is that is that the sort of thing that you could get open? I suppose, Sarah. Sarah, are you propositioning our guests? No, to I'm not come asking to a hotel room with you. No, the management got it out. I'm just asking if that's okay. If he I'm would... just making sure because you've been twirling your hair this entire time. That's true. She has been. I, I rather nice hair though. Thank you. Um, no, it, it, I suppose so, yes. It, of course, it's just a matter of, of staring at it until the calculations are done in, in my mind, and then just inputting the code. I mean, it's, it, it, how long is the code? I don't know. How long will it take to, to, to cal- make these calculations? We can't know till we're there looking at it, so. So, how, like, have you ever actually opened a hotel room safe? Uh, not in not in a hotel room specifically. Um, okay. I'm very methodical, so I always take note of my my combinations and keys. 
but uh, yeah, of course we could do it. Um, Have you ever opened a safe by by staring at it? I've not been asked to actually. Um, no, I, I suppose not. But I suppose I could give oh. a take a crack at it. Well, what what kind of codes have you solved then? Mostly ancient Egyptian ones, kind of coming in at us. Uh, ancient Mesopotamian, um, uh, old civilizations, Babylonian, Aspirian, these sorts of things. They come into us from uh, archaeologists, and you know, just kind of look at them and say, "This bird, this must mean this. This this pitcher of water, this must mean this." And then together, they mean something about a larger uh, a larger society, a culture. So I, I know that, for example, the Sumerians, mm-hmm. they, they, they record a lot of stuff on like tablets, yeah. clay tablets and stuff. Can you tell me ab- about a clay tablet that you translated sure. or anything like that? Yeah. So um, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, things like the, uh, the Rosetta Stone, uh, sure. which was a, a key element in helping us sort of unravel the, uh, the, the mysteries of hieroglyphics. Um, sure. There is a similar but smaller stone for ancient Sumerian um, called the uh, the Duolingo stone, mm-hmm. and that one was able to give us a little bit of a hint as to where to get started. Uh, so, uh, of course, for, using for the what stone language for ancient Sumerian. Oh, okay, great. And so, so deciphering that and getting it into modern English was was a was a great task. But of course, I was able to do it um, with we given enough, enough time, of course, and. Uh, was able to translate a, a tablet there, showing us the location of a of an ancient treasure. Um, and Goodness. Sarah, Sarah, really, you're not going to call him out? He just said Duolingo. That's an app for learning languages. Where do you think they got the name you're of the not- app from? Of course. Someone made it. It's, That's think, where Rosetta of, Stone came. It's probably came. Spanish heard, or something. Of the, I don't you've know. heard of the Rosetta Stone software. It's, right. They also took the name from a similar translation device. It's, yeah. it's quite simple. Um. So yes. so Rosetta Stone came first and it taught you it taught um it taught about how to discover hieroglyph or how to read hieroglyphics and then he discovered or they discovered the Duolingo stone and mm-hmm. Kirk cracked it and that's how we read ancient Sumerian. That's correct, yeah. Uh, but just to, I, I didn't discover it. I just want to put that out there. I'm not taking oh, credit um, for that discovery. Um, but, uh, hacked, just just using it, whatever. Yeah, just just using just using it to to uh, mm-hmm. to draw some conclusions about the text that we found from those civilizations. Mm-hmm. And so, of and course, we did th- discover the location of the treasure. And um, mm-hmm. uh, what was in what was in the treasure? Well, when we sent some folks out there to get it, it was it was gone. Someone else must have found it. Mm-hmm. Then, are you sure that they found? Are you sure that you figured out where treasure was at? How do you Well, that's what the code said, so I'm not I'm not sure what else you're asking. But there was no treasure there. How do you know so, that there was tomb so, robbers involved? Someone else must have taken it then. There's tomb raiders all the time. They're you always, know a lot of I've I've seen numerous video games uh, involving a tomb raider. Uh, I know that there are many of those, so that that there're probably a good bit of them in real life too. Well, yeah, and the tomb raider did sound a lot like Benedict sound sounded a lot like Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, so. yes. Uh, Kurt, we usually end this show with a lightning round, so mm-hmm. we'll ask you some rapid-fire questions, um, if that's okay. Uh, what are they? Are you full of crap? Uh, just as much as any of us. Kirk, what's your favorite number? I think two. I would say two just because it's, you know, the sequel to one, the first number. It's, you know, kind of powerful in that way. Kirk, what's your favorite ancient language to pretend to translate? Uh, High Valyrian. What What do you find yourself doing on a weekend night? 
Uh, usually just uh, sort of looking at codexes, uh, turning little knobs on different devices, um, looking at walls of numbers that I've printed out on the wall of my room. Sounds great. It's invigorating. Hey, Kirk, are you aware that Sarah is digging your chili? I have not brought any chili with me. I'm not sure what to do. No, it's a, it's a euphemism for she is attracted to you. Oh. Tyler, you don't have to be so vulgar. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I was not, uh, not, not quite plugged into that, uh, that dynamic. But, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, this seems like a... Maybe maybe a, a good place to have this conversation on a on a publicly broadcast radio show. Um, I I guess I guess so. Well, we can go ahead and we're um. I feel like there's been a role reversal today, and I'm really uncomfortable with it. So I think I'm just gonna go. Tyler, you have to end the podcast. Ask him one more question. Uh, sure. Um, hey Kirk, what's the highest number you've ever counted to? Nine. Hey, uh, my name's Nirav Gandhi. Uh, so Anytime. yeah, I'm just re. I think my Google heard me um, and thought I was talking to it. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm Nirav, and uh, yeah, I'm just uh, rejoining some of my old buds from uh, Paducah Improv. I was in there a few years ago, but yeah, you can um, you can find me on Twitter at Gandizi, um, or you can uh, find me and my podcast Game Busters Pod on Twitter. Um, basically, what we do is every week we, uh, me and, and some friends in a rotating panel of people, just talk about like the deep dive into the history of the development cycle of a video game and sort of the legacy that it's left, and uh, kind of learn how it was put together. And just you know, it's very chill and, and funny. I, I'd, it's it's probably more of a comedy podcast than anything, but it is also informative. Um, yeah, but you can uh, find us, like I said, uh, Game Busters in any of your podcast stores. We're there. Uh, yeah. So thanks for listening to my plugs thank you for listening to ask questions and interview podcast um thank you to nirav gandhi paducah improv alumni alumnus and thank you to anxiety america for our music and guys if you're listening and we know you're out there we see the listens do us a big favor go on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review preferably a five star but if there's something you don't like you Give us that review, tell us what it is, and who knows, we might listen and change it just because you said something. Also, we want your suggestions for something that makes an interesting person has an episode topic. So you can reach us at AskQuestionsPod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can reach us at AskQuestionsPod at gmail.com. Get those ideas in. We love when we get them. We'll even give you a shout out or name the guest after you.